calling. Hey, Michelle. It has been recently brought to my attention that last week was our 100th episode and we forgot to talk about that. Yes, yes. I realized that on Tuesday, the day the episode aired, people were like, oh, it's your 100th episode. Are you doing something special? I was like, no, no, we're not. (laughs) I feel like that's the kind of reaction you get from people after they've been married for like five years or so like after that point you're kind of like oh great we just had our seventh anniversary like cool do you want to fold laundry together like (laughs) (laughs) man 100 episodes that sounds crazy i am i find that hard to believe and it's very cool it's kind of wild to think about where we've come from and I don't know. I guess it kind of makes me think of where where we're going to. I think we realized at a certain point that we have sort of unintentional story arcs that we have both gone on. I guess do you go on a story arc? I guess hero goes on a journey, right? We learned that from Story Brand, but um, we had these sort of unintentional arcs, and I still feel like our show was stronger when we stuck to those unintentional arcs. And of course, anyone with a communications or like writing or anything background is probably like, yeah. obviously um yeah podcasting 101 but yeah I mean I guess so when we let's talk about this for a minute so when we started out because I had just moved to Denmark we'd been running Geocodio for six years at that point you were a consultant and for at least Mm -hmm. a year at that point had been like trying to like dedicate one day a week to side projects to try to get a SAS off the ground. Yes. And that, I mean, I feel like your kind of journey with that and eventually like, I guess, I guess it was like a, maybe like a month after we started that you decided to focus on simple file upload because it was something you needed for your own clients. You were tired of building image uploading every single time. Yeah. I think that was right. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. And so then we followed you on that journey basically for Six months. Well, I guess when we started out, we did like, we tried to do like 15 minutes of each of us. And then we, I don't know, I guess we got tired of that. And we like, and we also realized when we prepared for it, we were too stilted. And um, it'd be kind of interesting to go back and listen to those to hear us like experimenting with format before we decided to have no format. (laughs) Screw it. Yeah. (laughs) Before we just decided to stop with that. Um, And then you, so you launched and got customers and bought a $20 bagel in February of 2021. Yes. And and that was also around the time that I started writing my book. And so then there's like last spring, there's kind of the arc of you trying to like get your first customers, start to like grow simple file uploads, still doing consulting. Um, I'm writing the book, figuring out how to write a book, how to market a book, having a lot of self-doubt and angst about that. And then you kind of, I guess got a little bit disillusioned with simple file upload in a way. And like, you know, there's some financial pressures and you were like, you know what? I just need to take a job. So you took a job yeah, and then you had that, that job for like so three weeks or something like. No. A month. You were totally month, like um, Adam Scott's character in Parks and Rec where he like, I don't know if you've seen Parks and Rec. Like, so there's this running meme that he like takes a job at an accounting firm. And then like on his first day, he tells them he actually has to quit. And this happens several times. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then so you took a job and then people were like, wait, Colleen is for hire? 
uh, let me offer her a job. So then you got all these job offers, which led to working on Hammerstone because it's like funded by a client. So now you're actually founder of two different things. And then did you stop doing work for other clients when you started on Hammerstone? Like, do you have other clients at this point? Yeah, I have one one kind of maintenance okay. client that I keep. That seems pretty common for people who are consultants to have like one client that kind of just hangs on no matter what. Yeah, I think. OK, so we last did like a big update at New Year's, right, which is January. That was like six was months, only a ago, months ago. Oh, my gosh. That was, <laughs> it's June. That was six months ago. So I feel like if we look at if we want to like look back, I think for you, when we started the podcast, you were kind of you like had your business in obscurity. Like no one yeah, knew who you I were. So. Yeah. You guess so. No, no, for sure so. <laughs> I was an, a, an obscure, artisanally crafted founder. <laughs> well, I feel like we are so now active on the internet. I feel like before that, I mean, you guys were running a super successful SaaS like before we started the podcast. I mean, not kind of well-known in the bootstrap yeah, circles. I guess so. Yeah, I guess we had been to MicroConf once, like, and I talked to people on Twitter a little bit. Like, yeah, but I guess I, I didn't really feel like a part of the community. Like, I didn't really feel like I had, like, yes, I felt like, a you know, a part of, like, you know, the independent, like, software worlds. But, yeah, I guess I didn't really, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't feel like I had, like, a ton of, you know, community beyond beyond the couple of people I knew and sort of some small communities. So when I look at like your story arc through this podcast journey, to me, for you, I mean, you guys were already successful doing over, you say this publicly, right? Yeah. Like over a million before um, we started the podcast. But I think for you, so for me, when I think of the podcast, like I think for you, it's more personal. And for me, it mm. has been more business. So you... What, okay, relative obscurity. <laughs> I didn't mean to make you feel like bad. I'd be like, no one knew who you were. No one knew who I, I was, was either. I was a B-side Japan-only release <laughs> but, of a founder. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> but that's what's so interesting about it is like, it also, it brings home the point that, that those of us, a lot of us are trying to build in public and be active on Twitter and those things are good. But there's a lot of people like you and Matias who are running million dollar plus sasses. Yeah, and there's no more of us too. Really like, knows I about. have friends who are in this position who are not public about it. Right. But I think for you, this has been kind of like an interesting personal uh, experience because we started the podcast and I feel like you really quickly started engaging with the community and became like a really active, well-respected member in kind of the bootstrapping, indie hacking, whatever you want to call it, community. And that was kind of like a stepping stone to the book. And then... Obviously, the book you, you know, Speed wrote that and like we're so and have been so active on podcast in the book. And then, of course, the burnout, which I think was that really coming sort of to, to roost was like that, you know, I think when when we started the podcast, I had just moved to a foreign country in the middle of a pandemic. So I didn't have any friends. You know, my yeah. in-laws here, of course, like so I had family, but I basically just needed people to talk to um, and to feel like I had friends. And yeah, I think kind of the, the burnout was a little bit of like, you know, I there was just some instances where people were kind of like putting me on a pedestal a little bit. And I was like, oh, God, like, I don't want this. I was like, I'm not in this to be famous. I just want friends. <laughs> 
Um, mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I guess that kind of drove that a little bit. But also, you know, the book also came out of being like, it, you know, I used to just hop in a phone call with people if they had questions about doing like product strategy or user research or kind of anything sort of related to that. And being, you know, six to nine hours time zone wise away, like that just wasn't as possible. And so then that made writing a book more important because it was a way for me to sort of scale myself when I just genuinely didn't have the ability in my calendar to to you know just have those sort of impromptu phone calls um with people from Twitter anymore unfortunately yeah um and so then the book and then like all the accumulated burnout and like recovering from that so that's kind of what I meant when I I said I feel like for you, it's kind of like been more of a personal journey. And for me, it's been yeah. kind of more of a business journey. So, I mean, so speaking about, I mean, where we're going, I think actually for me, it's going to be more of a business journey. <laughs> but actually for a reason that I don't know if, I don't think I told you yet, actually. I'm on pins and needles over here. Jeez. Okay, Michelle, we're like 10 <laughs> minutes into the podcast. I'm I don't bearing, know what you're about I'm to bearing say, the but lead. But you're super totally bearing, bearing the, lead. the lead here. Um. We are making our first hire, like full-time hire. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm so happy for you. Over the next, yeah, six months or so, that's going to be me figuring that out. And us, you know, going from being a two-person only company to a a three-person company, of course. Plus, you know, we still have, you know, contractors. I still have like a VA, right? I feel like that's kind of part of it. Like I I finally got a VA last January. And of course, you know, we always had an accountant and a lawyer, but like that, felt a little bit different and so us kind of very slowly branching out into not being you know just the two of us and we also decided to to go through SOC 2 so there's kind of a there's a lot of actually business stuff going on and I think the book and kind of all that sort of stuff is going to be a little bit less um, of a focus also because you know I'm you know the the book is written. I'm not writing the newsletter really anymore just to update people when I'm doing like a talk or something. I am going to conferences, which I'm super excited about. But yeah, kind of less Okay, focus. so what kind of person are you hiring? Um, So a combination. Their title will be content and support engineer. So a combination of technical support and also um, like basically developer focused content. So like creating sample projects creating tutorials on how to do things like from a, you know, a developer's perspective of if you need to build an app that, you know, lets someone look up their congressperson, like here's a sample app in Rails that lets you do that, for example. That's like a full tutorial on how somebody could build that, for example. So you are prepared to pay a developer salary? Yes. Okay. So you're hiring, you're essentially kind of like what Aaron does at Tubal, right? It sounds like, like developer, marketer-y, content-y. different than Aaron's role like kind of yeah I mean in that same sort of content engineering space of like building tools and resources for developers I feel like Aaron's role is a bit different and also this one is half support as well yeah half support okay so will they also help Matthias with like tech stuff or no will they be on call and how will you handle that I think we haven't not now yeah, I think it's true. I think really what would be helpful is like somebody, you know, we get a support request that's like, hey, I'm having trouble with your Python library. And like, it's something that like, I can do a little bit of very basic API troubleshooting, but um, not too much. And so and like, if we could just, you know, take that off of Matthias's plate, I think that would really help. 
Um, like I've gotten help. You know, I have the VA. I have a bookkeeper. We have an accountant. We have like lawyer. Like I've I've gotten some help on some of the sort of low hanging fruit tasks for me. But Matias hasn't really gotten that help. Um, and so I think that's kind of where we're hoping that they will plug in and also, you know, but also, you know, grow in that role um, as well. But then also both of us have to figure out how to be managers because it's only one person. You don't really have to be. I mean, yeah. it's just one person. Yeah, I know. But both of us are like, oh, we just love that. It's just the two of us and it's there's no drama and it's so calm. Like, it's not going to be so, drama with one person. I know. I know. I'm just saying we both of us will have to figure out like. How to do that, we'll probably have to have a lot more process, like, you know, actually have to have, like, a... Oh, my gosh. This is so good, Michelle. Like I'm a, so proud of you. actually prioritize all of our issues and to-dos, and, like, I'll have to do some actual PMing, yeah. so... And, th- and then, you know, how SOC 2 changes our business, like, the intent of doing that is not to grow. It's to, again, lighten the load for Matias so that he doesn't have to be spending hours in security reviews yeah. for our enterprise customers, and instead we can just send them our... our SOC 2 audit report and hopefully that saves a lot of time but then again whenever we make improvements to our product it tends to grow and so then it's always like oh, oh okay. what so a now trouble we have to deal with for that. you I know I'm Your sorry I just so yeah I sound terrible <laughs> I know it's so it's so it's so hard but you know I mean we're recording today it's almost eight o'clock for me like you know I have a family like you know it's just a constant negotiation between balancing like you know life and the business and um and yes i recognize it's an enviable position to be in and i should not be complaining it's just it's a challenge of like no, you can making complain. ourselves okay. more efficient and automating and yeah i feel like you can absolutely complain because you do have challenges i mean we've realized we haven't gone on a work-free vacation for eight years eight years yeah I was giving you a hard time, but I mean, you were here and you, you guys like, yeah, I saw you. I saw you. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I understand. Like, I mean, I saw you and like how you, because it's just the two of you, you can never be fully disconnected yeah. ever. I get that. That is a real stress and that is a real challenge. I am really proud of you for trying to hire someone. I think it's going to be amazing. But speaking of your crazy schedule, people ask me what you do all day and I have no idea. So, um... I got a suggestion, not for this episode, but like for a future episode, like to do a day in the life of Michelle as the co-founder of Geocodio, because I'm like, she works all the time, but like literally don't know what she does. Like keep like a diary or, oh God, should I become a TikToker who's like, here's my day in the life. And now this (laughs) is when I do my dance. No. Um, Yeah. But it was like a real question because I was like, I don't, no one knows what you do. What would you say you do? It's like do a big mystery. Here? What would you do here? I mean, my response was I was like, I think she just negotiates enterprise contracts all day. I, I do spend a lot of time on that. I do a lot of time with, yeah, I mean, negotiating contracts. It's a lot of like product type work too. I mean, so lately, you know, I'm chasing down data files for redistricted congressional districts and state legislative districts. Like, um, so, you know, today I was talking to a potential data vendor trying to license some of their data, you know, of course, talk to the person we're um, hoping to hire. I mean, I was also like, oh, you already found some. Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, we haven't. It's, it's verbally agreed to. Um, oh, yeah. I guess I should make that clear. Whoa, yeah. Dude. It's like, yeah. And they've been consulting for us for a month now. So and it seems like it's a good fit. So 
I guess, yeah. I mean, I mean, okay, but like your story of everything going on with Hammerstone and Refine and the workshop, I mean, that's just like, that's really interesting. That's more interesting than my life to me, quite frankly. So like, I would rather t- <laughs> ask no, you about I mean, that. It is very right? interesting. Like, like I, I have a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a lot going on. Like I do. And things for me, because of where and I am, that, like, change exciting, early growth stage of things yeah the beginning exciting yeah like is it gonna work is it not how fast are we gonna grow no it is very exciting and I get that and what I'm doing is really cool and very fun and very energizing but anyway yeah I realized I have no idea what you do I was like I I don't really know I mean she just eats bonbons and picks (laughs) strawberries all day kidding I know you work all day but that is like the thing is like you work all day but I don't know what you do I guess we can we I can like keep a diary or something so yeah. maybe it would be fun i think you should i think like maybe for like a day or two just, i mean i like, just do a lot of like operational keep track and we can talk about it stuff i mean you know i mean do customer support like i follow up on invoices right yeah. like you know just make sure like the sort of that house is in order with contracts and invoices and everything like that i mean replying to customers negotiating contracts doing you know product touching stuff right writing content you know writing guides about how people can use our product yeah and then i yeah admittedly i do a lot of podcasting too which is probably too much but i'm i'm kind of excited for it to shift from like talking about the book on podcasts which i will still do but like more so like going to conferences to what we said like of why i do this you know first of all the reason why we do this podcast is to force us to talk to one another every week Everybody listening, I'm sorry. This podcast is not for you. It's for Colleen and I. Um, (laughs) But then really it's, you know, to make friends, right? So I'm excited to just talk to people in person, which what a novelty um, at a conference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's me for like the next six months to a year, I hope is kind of six months. Yeah, because we probably won't do another check-in until six months from now. I can't. Okay, first of all. Yeah, six months from now, we'll probably do it next year, 2023, which is weird. So a lot's going to change in the next six months, which is Yeah, exciting. I mean, the big thing for you for is like you have this like cliff coming up in August of does Colleen have to go back and get more clients again or can she stay full time on Hammerstone or Refine or whatever we're calling it these days? OK, so I'm committing to Refine. Here's the deal. Have you done a trademark search for it? No. Like, it's not that I don't appreciate what you're saying, but I feel like you you give suggestions about things that would matter when we're in a million dollar business. And like, yeah, right but now, you don't want to get a cease and desist from somebody like, right. That's not fun. I know people who that's happened to. We got one for one of our freaking like a mobile app we made once. We got a cease and desist because somebody had a trademark on two words in our phrase. Like, just it takes five seconds. Go do a trademark search. You don't actually have to file the trademark, but just go yeah. Do the search before you commit to refine so that you know that it's at least available. Yeah. And that's actually, that's also the kind of thing like I deal with was, you know, one point I was filing the trademark application and then, you know, I'm not a lawyer. And so I filed it wrong. And so then I actually had to, you know, ask our lawyer to go do it. And like, you know, just, I don't know, like little stuff like that, but it's like actually important too. Yeah. Yeah, so since we last ta- did an update, it was January, so this is June today. Oh, my goodness. So the next six months for me, well, a lot will change because in the next six months, 
we are going to, I mean, we're all in on refine and so, or Hammerstone, whatever we call it, but I'm going to call it refine for the immediate future. We're all in on refine. So it's going to be getting this product off the ground. I mean, it's just going to be head down, try all the things and, and get this out there. So it's going to be really exciting. I think a lot is going to change between now and January. Yeah, even I've already started kind of making the shift. We hired a contractor, a Rails guy, and he's amazing. And so he is doing more of the technical work right now. So I can focus on more of the business. So I still, yeah, so I still have to do a lot of technical work. But before it was like 100%, like 40 hours a week, Mm -hmm. technical, right? Whereas if we're going to grow this as a business, Mm -hmm. like I have to business. So it's an interesting thing though because as I do more business I'm not getting those consulting dollars so my actual personal mm. income goes down so I can focus on building the business which is exactly what I want to be doing but also it's kind of like oh okay like mm-hmm. good to good to know <laughs> good, to, good to see so yeah so the next six months for me are just definitely going to be Hammerstone scale back consulting And my sister was here this weekend and she is off maternity leave. And so she is ready to start working on Simple File Upload again from a marketing perspective. So she has all kinds of ideas and she's all excited. So I'm going to let her run with that. So hopefully she can, you know, run with that and see if we can grow that. You just said you're all in on Hammerstone, but then you just told me that you've got this resource coming back online, so to speak, and she's going to be focusing on Simple File Upload and not refine. Right. So I think all in is a, I mean, I'm working a lot right now. If I can scale back consulting, I think I'm going to have time to do both. Because remember, my business partner has a job and a half already. So I think I will have, we'll see. I mean, I'm, you know, obviously open to managing things differently if I need to. But I think I will have time for both um, once the consulting goes away. And then I can use the simple file upload revenue to offset what I'm not making from consulting. Right. So I I think I remember last time we talked about the work your sister was doing, you were basically putting the leftover profit into her work. Is that how you're thinking about that? Yeah, for now. What is the like what is the revenue level of Simple File Upload right now? If you're are you still sharing it or yeah, it's not. I mean, maybe if it actually makes like crazy money, I'll stop sharing it. Yeah, it's right around fifteen. It's right around fifteen hundred. Okay, so it's been about that level for like a year now. Like it got to like thirteen. No, it got to like. I mean, it's if you look at the graph, it is growing, but it's growing like thirty five bucks a mm-hmm. month. So yeah, it's been stagnant for I wouldn't say a year, but she went on maternity leave in September, and I think September was the last time we really thought about it. So, and it's been relatively stagnant. It's grown like 200 MRR since mm. September. So it's been pretty low, um, just hanging out. But we haven't, I mean, she and I were talking about this weekend. We haven't done anything on it since September. I mean, that's 1500 bucks a month that you right. did not have previously. Right. It's not nothing. Adds and adds up over six months of not doing anything yeah, on it. Like, totally. So the thought is like, if she can put her full effort into marketing that, because it's, I mean, nothing is ever feature complete, but it's feature complete-ish. So she's going to kind of put all of her time and effort into that and see where we can go with that. And then I'm going to be primarily focused on Hammerstone and see where we can go with Hammerstone. And hopefully, you know, the stars will align. Where is Refine at, like, 
like so last we talked with Aaron, mm-hmm. you had sold two licenses. Is that the like, pre-sold two? I pre-sold of the two rails? rails licenses. I want to say I figured it out because I wanted to know what our MRR was, and I think it's like three. If we take so we sell annual licenses. So this is an ARR then? Yeah, ARR. I think is like I think we've sold five licenses total. Oh. Yeah. I guess it includes us, right? Includes you guys. Yeah. Five licenses total, not including the two like productized consulting contracts we had. So, yeah. So there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, of opportunity there. And it's already, I mean, we've already sold five licenses, which is pretty cool because we only have one product that's done. And so, I mean, you said you're going to be shifting more towards doing business stuff like business. What kind of business? Oh my gosh, Michelle. Stuff. You know, what's... and how are you going to learn how to do this nebulous business, business stuff? Stuff. I feel so good about this. I feel like I know exactly what to do. Isn't that weird? Which is what? Okay. Well, first thing, Aaron and I are completely redoing the landing page because if you go to our landing page, you can't really tell what the thing is or what it does or why you'd buy it. We are going to do, um, we got MailChimp set up. So we're going to do like a marketing automation sequence. And it's going to be like how to do XYZ with Refine. Like friendly, friendly marketing emails. Um, you know, how to get that report your boss wants with Refine. How to let your users search by XYZ with Refine. Stuff like that. Um, I have other stuff on my list. Those are two big ones to start. Oh, and the calls, the calls. So we have, a, we have an email list of 500 people. Yeah. So we're going to like pump that list and get get on the phone with people. We have a call scheduled for Friday. He was scheduled last week, but he had to cancel last minute, which is totally makes sense. So we're trying to do one a week right now, and we'll pick yeah. that pace up like once we get going. But the big push for us right now is the calls and the understanding what people need. I'm trying to do this thing where I'm doing like founding customers on the Rails side. So I'm going to take five pre-orders only, and those five pre-orders are going to be like our beta testers and they're going to kind of be like founding customers so they get to be they get to have like private slack channel access to us and they get to be involved in the product roadmap and figuring out like what we build and what how it ends up integrating with rails applications and all that stuff so um yeah it's gonna be fun remember um you know jesse henley from bento i think he's still like i don't know if all of his customers or a subset of them but like certainly a lot of them get access to a discord with him oh yeah i think like just as like a regular part of being a customer yeah people seem to really like that i mean i guess you're kind of risking that you're going to get pinged at all hours so i don't know how he manages that but that might be an interesting thing to ask him about yeah i I mean we're we have such as with five people i think it'll be fine and maybe we'll do that on the laravel side too i gotta ask aaron what he wants to do yeah because we do have to balance like all the inquiries um, against our time. But I think at this early stages, like pushing those one-on-one interactions is really what's going to move the product forward. And we can, you know, figure out exactly what people need and build that. I think we talked about how the list, you felt like it was actually, is like the developers who are not actually the end buyer yeah, I think, of the product. I think it and so I'm curious, like, how are you going to, and maybe we're getting too in the weeds for this conversation today, but like, how are you going to get to the people who would actually be the buyers? I'm not sure yet. I think we'll just start reaching out to these people one by one. Once we get them on the phone, like that's a question you ask. Like, can can you make yeah. this decision? Can you buy this? Like, who is the person who would make this decision? Like, who is your end user? Mm-hmm. 
because um, we have two real use cases. We have the use case where you have kind of we talked about a little bit on the pod next last week where you have the developer who implements it and they're trying to allow their marketing team to build reports. That's one use case, which is a completely different use case from like my real estate clients where it's forward, it's user facing. So for them, refine is so their users can come in and filter on properties. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You have real estate customers? My client, my, so my consulting client is a real estate company and we have like a, they had a really poor, like fuzzy search situation that just did not work. And so Refine is perfect mm. for them because users come in and they're like, I want a three bedroom house in, you know, Mechanicsville, Pennsylvania that was listed within the past week. That is literally the perfect use case for Refine. You know, what's funny is that we have a lot of customers who are also real estate companies, like, you know, oh. searching for apartments or houses yeah. or whatever. Wouldn't it be so awesome if like there happens to be a real estate uh, website that uses both Geocodio and Refine? Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. Honestly, now that I'm telling you this, I'm like, maybe we're reaching out to the wrong people. Maybe we shouldn't be. I mean, developers, maybe that's they maybe we need to like focus on niched markets like real estate companies. Yeah. I mean, if they've found it difficult to implement oh, search, yeah. like maybe uh Huh, that's an interesting idea. Doesn't our friend um Chris with Jetboost, doesn't he do a lot of like filtering and sorting stuff for Jetboost, right? Yeah, I think so. I feel like you should talk to him about this because his, I mean, of course, his customers are all on, sorry, they're on Webflow. They're not on JetBoost. JetBoost is his product, right? But like adding filtering and searching for Webflow. And I'm so wondering if you could like, if talking to him might be helpful for you in understanding like the use cases a, a bit in terms of like how people discover they have this problem because you're not necessarily competitive with him, but like it's definitely kind of similar. Yeah, that's a great idea. I should, I should ask him. And like now that I'm talking to you, I mean, if we want to niche down, this might be this might be the way. This is a really interesting idea. I like this idea. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, niche okay. into who's going to pay you. You know, yeah, don't, don't there's focus a plan. too much on demographics and No, I've just I, it was just this idea that I was like, "Oh, the real estate guys like super think this is amazing." Talk to them. Yeah. Maybe they're your client. Talk. To them. All right. Well, so me for the next 6 months, you know, figuring out calm sustainable growthish direction <laughs> that that <laughs> sounded better in my head and then it came out and I was like that 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 is not um no but you know being you know just continuing to be a sustainable company but maybe with, with, with a bit calmer from our perspective right even though as we tackle these yeah. big things like learning how to manage and and you know going through um SOC 2 audit which is kind of a BFD and then for you, it's figuring out how to business, which has been the been the thing kind of from the beginning. But now I feel like you're, you know, I feel like you're in the major leagues now, right? Like this, this is it. Time this to business. Feels like it. You know, trying to get down to business, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, awesome. I think that wraps us up for today. And also, so I mean, this is our hundredth episode, and it's still our hundred and one one what hundred and first. I can't speak my own language anymore. Um, <laughs> episode. I am still I just so filled with, with sort of a, a awe and gratitude that we have all these people who listen and support our show. I mean, 
Yeah, it just still still kind of blows my mind. So we want to give a huge thanks to all of our listeners who become software socialites and listen and support our show. Uh, you can become a supporter for $10 a month or $100 a year at softwaresocial.dev supporters. Our supporters are Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, Mike from Gently Used Domains, Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andre of Bright Bits, Aaron from Tuple, Alex Hillman from The Tiny MBA, Remy from Memo.fm, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Room Steals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetty, Justin Jackson from MegaMaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from Consent Kit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Newsy Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Kaylee of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lena and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDev.com, Proud Mama from OpInet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Nathan of Develop Your UX, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, and Mitchell Davis from Recruit Kit. Damn. Feeling the love. <laughs> Feeling the love. Love yeah. you guys. Thank you for listening. All right. Well, oh, I guess oh, we should probably say, I think I think we might have one more. So so we're coming up in the summer. And Colleen and I will both be traveling and both be traveling sequentially. So <laughs> I don't think we're either one of us is going to be able to like, we'll be like in the same, well, we're not going to be in the same place, but have like the ability to record together for like five weeks or something. So we're going to be doing a lot of guests over the next couple of weeks. Um, really excited about these conversations and I hope you guys enjoy it as well. But then Colleen and I will be back uh, August, end of July together. I don't. Ooh, and I'll have big. Yes, that's by the August. deadline. That'll so it's exciting. gonna we're kind of all gonna be on pins Woo-hoo! and needles um, for the next. Uh, you can follow yeah. me on the Twitter. I will be tweeting a lot. <laughs> I hope you will, because I I will get the updates there too. Um, so we will yeah. regroup in August, and we will find out has Colleen learned to business, and has Michelle learned to manage. Tune in. Um, <laughs> But yeah, in the in the meantime, having some friends come by and uh, hope you'll enjoy that as well. Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality. Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Bright Bits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA. Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Roomsteals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetta, Justin Jackson, MegaMaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, 
Josh, the annoyingly pragmatic founder, Ben from Consent Kit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nusi Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Works Cited, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, Larabels, a community for Larabelle developers underrepresented due to their gender, Brendan from Feederloop, Pascal from Sharpen.page, Lynn Romick from Kanbini, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from RecruitKit.